Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number one of the 2023 podcast season for the Tiger Mind League Report. I'm Rogelio Castillo. Alongside me is Chris Brown and our special guest, the voice of the Erie Sea Wolves. Who thank you for taking the time on this Sunday evening? I was expecting some, I don't know why I expected it was some culinary cuisine or something along those lines. Because every time you, you'll send me pictures every once in a while, I'm like, man, he is eating good somewhere. Greg is always eating good. Yeah, we did. So tonight, I don't know if I can pull it up on my phone here, but we did. You can see it on my Instagram too, Raj. Did some pork chops. Oh, wow. Nice. With an herb crust and the cast iron skillet. So we have a new, a new partner last year, Gordon's Butcher and Meat Shop and sent, sent my lovely wife, Megan there while we were in Akron and she found two really good bone in pork chops. And so we did those tonight. Outstanding. Little yeah. cast iron skillet action. No grill tonight, but cast iron skillet. Yeah. It's still a little cold for grilling, especially, especially. Oh, cold there. doesn't stop me from grilling. That's oh, no, no, this is that. true. Tonight yeah, was just true. laziness. Yeah, that was yeah. One of the things that we learned from our trips out there last year was it was how good of a cook you are and, and your your history of cooking. I guess through your is it just through your heritage? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a great heritage. Learn learn from a very young age how to cook, and then live live by myself. I actually would cook for my roommates in college, and then then living on your own for until I met my wife. You you got to be self sufficient in the kitchen, and, and and so I'm 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 a total food snob, and I free willingly admit that, but. Yeah, I, I I love entertaining and cooking for people. So that's that's kind of like my little passion. So it, for me, it's a de-stressor, especially if we have an off day. I'll, I'll sit in the kitchen for four hours and just make random things. And it, it, I always get the the call from the other room. Are you sure you don't need help, honey? And I'm like, no, I just I want my time. Let me let me sit here. I put on my Greek music. I sit there and I just cook away. And yeah, did did you go to Greece this uh, this? Obviously, we did. We were just there. So we had, uh, we did two European trips in the fall. We did, gosh, we did Italy, Switzerland, Germany, Poland. And then we just were in Thessaloniki, Greece about four weeks ago. So yeah. Awesome. Traveling man. Yeah. I yeah, wanted and, to say and, this and, summer, but I forget it's the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't get, uh, I don't get to go on those trips during, during the season and, and, it, and it never fails. Like my wife went to Ecuador last summer and it's boy, that would be a really cool one to go to and couldn't go because yeah. of baseball. Didn't she go to Australia too? She was just there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Australia, and New Zealand, and so yeah, it's been been quite the quite the recuperation time for her the last week. I was gonna say that's a, quite a jet lag must be insane, but oh yeah, yeah. It's so, still Akron. <laughs> so, New Zealand, Akron, <laughs> Akron's the the rubber capital of the world, is, or and that's also correct. the home of the and there's the, no kangaroos. Yes. And there's also the Black Keys came from Akron too. So if you're familiar with And LeBron um, James. And LeBron James. Yeah. And wasn't there the home of the Zip? Are they the, the Zips? You yes, they are. The Akron Zips. Yeah. Zips. Okay. Yeah. They're the oh, strange yeah. name. I guess Akron isn't, isn't far from where you grew up too, right? I didn't even think about that. About 40 minutes from where I grew up. Yeah. So not oh, too far close. at all. About as close as you get from the Eastern League. Right? No, this is one of those trips where I, I, if someone were to look at the schedule and see where we were in Akron, I didn't tell anybody, no friends or family. I'm like, yeah, I just need a couple of days to, study the team and, and just, I didn't need to be bothered, but yeah, I usually get, it's not like Dylan Dingler numbers in Akron with the, with the pass list. I think when he first got called up, there was about a thousand people over the course of a three-day weekend. Adam Wolf is from Milan, Ohio, not too far away. And so he, he had about 50 people there this past week. And then Cole Keith from his time right. in Ohio, when he, uh, when he was in Zanesville, he had quite a few folks up as well. So a bit of a homecoming for a lot of the guys, which was, it's cool to see. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to Adrian shortly. But for everybody, for the first time, we have now, and you can super chat us. So if you want to ask us oh. questions and provide some donations, as we're going out to Erie on Tuesday, it will be there Tuesday and Wednesday for the Seawolves home opener. So we're looking forward to that. And so yeah, if you want to just chip in a few bucks here and there, there's a super chat button on on YouTube. So now that we are a channel that can make money. By all means, you don't have to do it. It's not obligated, but if you no, wanna... they have to do it. They have to do it. If, if they're consuming the content, 
kick these guys 10 bucks for gas so they can get to Erie. Oh, yeah. You know what was wild? Speaking of gas. So I, I drove to Akron and the gas prices in Ohio were actually higher than Pennsylvania. I, first time I've ever seen it. Yeah, I, I was just going to say. $3.79 a gallon in Akron. That's more yeah. than here. And when yeah, I got yeah. to Erie last night, it was like three sixty nine. So it was like, whoa, what's Where going on here? I think it's three forty five. Yeah, we're going to have to gas up at Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gas up before you cross the border. I, I was just pumped that I, I checked the radar or the, the forecast. And I'm like, man, these look like this looks like an awesome week for baseball in Erie. Yeah. I, I did do a little homework yesterday and went back and found like the past. Uh, the, so our stat portal goes back to 2005. And so I, I went back and I tried to find all of our opening day temps from that period on. We've only had three opening days in Erie of 60 degrees or above since 2005. And so this will be the fourth this, this nice. week. And each one of them had crowds over 4,000. So hopefully Erie steps up in a big way this week. But the weather's looking fantastic all week long. Cuck on wood, we actually might have a homestand in April where we don't have to touch the tarp. And that is what? a miracle. People remain in the forecast all week. And by the weekend, we're in the 70s. Man. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And that's, that's the thing too, especially with, I, I was, all, I told Chris a few weeks ago, I go, I feel like we should maybe prepare for snow. Because, again, every time... It's like, do. It, yeah. Yeah. I've seen the home openers where I'm just like, are we, are we making the right decision? Yes. So, in this case, I'm glad yeah. okay, it worked out. But, yeah, Erie... Yeah. And you had an off day today, which I thought was... Is that... That throw you off a little bit? Just just a three-game series um, versus... It hits, so, Richmond and Reading were the only two that played on Easter Sunday. I, I kind of like it couple days off i know there was a few guys that came to the field today and through and they're gonna actually have a workout tomorrow to try and work out a few kinks from 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 the past series but it's it's nice having a couple days off because while tomorrow is normally an off day for me i gotta be in the office so this was nice to actually have a day off after that first road trip and quite frankly it's it's tough to draw on on easter we've had easter games at home in the past and people have to go to church there with their families it's tough to draw those games in the minor leagues. I, I'm very happy that the way that it laid out this year. So let's talk about, let's just go right into Erie because a lot of, a lot of our yeah. fans are big fans of Cole Keith and you know, pretty, but our performance yesterday, that was by far one of the best, other than the Tiger prospects we've seen so far, Toledo right now is doing a lot of where both Toledo, Erie, all three are doing where they're, their starters are calling three or four innings or not just on strict pitch counts, obviously, because they're ramping up. But yesterday, what I saw yesterday, I was so Chris and I divvy up the various teams. So I said, I'll do Toledo, Chris. And I was at the Tigers game. I was covering the Tigers. Yeah. And he's like, I got eerie. And then I just by by the <laughs> I think it was within like within an hour, the game got out of hand. And I just started watching J Jason Beck, who sits in front of me, at the press box. Him and I were both watching Time Ad and, and just doing one of those things. We're just like, yeah. what is it, curveball going? And it's just, it was insane. And, and, and Greg, I, I know you've witnessed, and they, they won yesterday three to two in, in 11 innings. That was a hard fought game for them. And, but comparatively speaking, the Friday's walk fest was Friday with the walk fest. I'm sure yesterday yeah, was just like, you were thanking the gods there. <laughs> yeah. No, Friday was miserable. Flat out miserable. And that was one of those where I even said on the air, neither team deserves to win this game. It was so bad. Ten walks on each side. I think three or four hit batters between the two teams. And by what by the time it was all said and done, I think it was the feels like temp of 33. And so it it was just awful. And so nobody could get a good grip on the ball. It was just it was terrible. But yesterday was yesterday was a fun day. Watching watching Ty go out there and th there's been a lot of of, of time madden doubters and and his fastball's flat, and 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 just you you hear it all. Everybody giving reasons of why somebody isn't good instead of the reasons why they can be very good. And I thought Ty really came out yesterday, and that was a statement game for him. Obviously, the way it ended last season, he started that final game of the year for Erie. It didn't go according to plan. And I, I think really, you look at him, and then you look at the job Brant Herder did two nights ago. You know, I talked to Gabe Alvarez about it quite a bit, and and I think we both had the same assessment where those guys just look so tired at the end of last season that they didn't have anything left in the tank by the end. And to see what he did yesterday coming out and just blowing away the Ducks was just incredible, incredible to watch. And I see what we have on the screen here with, is that him from yesterday? Yep. That's, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's I saw the yellow jersey and I'm like, wait a minute. No, you're <laughs> waiting for a loop. Yeah, I struck out the first six and it, it, they weren't even, the, the first ball that was put in play was in the fourth inning. Or a, yeah, he had a pop foul in the third to end that inning and then, 
strikeout to start the fourth, a ground out to short, and a strikeout looking to end his day. But one of the things that uh, that I was very happy to see this year, and I, I talked to Gabe right before we got started, and I said, what are the starters going to be, 3-50 and 50 to start? And he goes, no, actually, they, they're, they're turning it a little loose this year with their their first time through the rotation. They were going 4-75 and 75 as opposed to what they were last year. And, and one of the big issues that we dealt with last year was we didn't have enough innings available to match how many games we had at the start of the season. So our starters were only going three last year to start. So that extra inning and, and the extra pitches that these guys are, are having this year is is huge. I was happy to see that, that Gabe Rebus and, and, and Ryan Garko and everybody on, on the pitching side kind of recognize that, hey, we can't leave these teams short on pitching just because of limits and let's let's do this sensibly this year and and they did that and quite frankly you look at what our starters have done madden four in, innings yesterday brant herder two days ago four innings and and wilmer flores four innings and neither of them all four did not allow a run it's it, 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 it's fun, it was fun to watch this weekend in akron bullpen bullpen struggled but so can we still win the gm's money there what's <laughs> <laughs> that ended up being the the title screen for the youtube video it, oh, it nice. that as it was like oh man <laughs> Maybe he should have given us all a hundred bucks for making us play a six o'clock game for on a getaway day yeah. and having to get out of our hotel rooms at noon. Oh God. Yeah. That's just stuff that nobody thinks about right there. But yeah. Yeah. I know our guys wanted to win yesterday's game. Cause they're like, it's April. It's cold. Ain't nobody going to be there. And they're shooting off fireworks to nobody. And I heard yeah. so many players <laughs> complain about that. I'm like, guys, I get the business side of things, but I agree with you a hundred percent. Yesterday should have been a day game. But hey, you know what? Erie gun in there and got a W. So that's really all that matters. There's a, I, I, when we talked to a Cuba dude yesterday, that was one of the things that he took a flight. So he left Omaha at 430. He got up at 430, took the flight out at 730, went to his place in Perrysburg, picked up his stuff, and then went to Detroit and was in there. We didn't see, no one saw him until, we didn't know until 25 minutes before the game what happened. And so, we're just trying to figure out exactly when he got there, but he came off and he got a couple of hits. He got a couple of hits today, but that turnaround to play, and then play a game like this is kudos. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not easy for those guys when, when you have to get up there quickly, it's that's tough sledding, but back to, back to Ty, one of the things, and I don't know if you guys can quite pick it up on, on video watching what he did yesterday, but he had a confidence about him that I didn't see last year. And he was more poised on the mound. He, he's not an emotional guy, so it's tough to read between the lines. But I think last year at times he was a little bit nibbly, and and, and you didn't see that. He was going right after guys, and he, he had a good rapport with Josh Crouch the entire ball game that he was in there. And the fastball, we the stadium guns usually pretty accurate there. Touched ninety nine twice, ninety eight once. He was sitting ninety four to ninety six. Slider looked absolutely filthy. And then he threw a couple of change-ups where I'm like, okay, that looks a little better than he had last year. The, the, everything was working for him yesterday. And Akron really had no chance. They they look, He made them look silly at the plate. I completely agree with you, Greg. I think that was one of the things that we're going to put this on loop a little bit because one of the things that I noticed yesterday was able to establish the inside part of the plate, which is something he couldn't really do last year consistently. Correct. And the first thing Chris noticed too was the leg kick a little bit. Chris, what you were talking about? Yeah, it just it stood out to me. I was like, I don't remember that. He used to just bring his knee straight up with kind of his his leg, I guess, like at a right angle. And now it's kicking up a little bit or kicking back. And I don't know what difference. You don't have the split screen for us here, so we can see the comparison. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know I should do that. Yeah, that's what do that. But in it, I don't know if it is just his slider or if he was if he's added a knuckle curve or something like that because there was some a lot of hard down action on his breaking balls that I don't remember last year. Uh, and, yeah. and the fastball, it really had some late life on it. And again, when he got to us last year, that that, that workload for him last year was quite a bit. And so I, I don't know if he just didn't have that late life on his fastball last year, but but you saw it yesterday. He looked he looked really good. And if, if he yeah. can continue to do that, then he's not going to be near very long. Yeah, he might be at a he might be at a major league level. That curveball, yeah. I, I just I couldn't get I was just I've never seen yeah, that, that fastball he just threw there. That that yeah. look, look, the, the little bit of like almost had a little bit of rise action on it. Yeah, at the end. yeah. There's some good tailing action on it. It was it, it was getting on it, it was getting on hitters quickly. And there's this is where so I got the so I got last year. I can't do the split screen, but we can take a you can see the difference a little bit here. And this is against no. this is the last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Difference to give up a home run. Yeah. <laughs> but look how flat the fastball looks there. Yeah. And it's not it's not doing what we saw yesterday. Now that was a good slide there. 
Yeah, but he was like you nibbling, step. nibbling, nibbling a little yeah, bit. Yeah, nibble, nibble, yeah. nibble, nibble, nibble. It seems like he's fallen off a little bit to the left too. But yeah, it, it that's one of the interesting things about this this season and a lot of the assignments this year. And I expected Madden to be in, in Erie, but a lot of guys are re- repeating levels this year. Flores, I thought, might go to Toledo, but it sounds like they just kept so many non-roster guys from spring that, that everybody got pushed down a little bit. But you're getting to see these guys for a second straight year, and, and that happens fairly frequently in the minors, but not necessarily yeah. with prospects. So, yeah, you can get a, a good idea at what, what they've changed and what what is different. And Yeah, I mean, for, for Wilmer, it was... He wasn't dominant in that opening day start. And I'm, I'm looking down at my at my card from that day. Oh, they they no extra base hits. The the walks were what got him into a little bit of trouble. He walked three in those four innings, but he ended up striking out six. With with Wilmer, I I think it all boils down to the changeup. And it, and once that pitch is fully developed, that's when he gets elevated to Toledo. But I think that sort of exposed him a little bit late in the season last year. Was that it, it just it wasn't quite there. And it's a pitch he's been working on for a couple of years now. And and talking to to Gabe Alvarez about it, he thought it was much much improved. And, and it seems like the organization agrees it was much improved over what he did last year. And so I think that's positive steps in the right direction for Wilmer. But but they don't seem to be rushing him. They're not really rushing any of those guys right now. If they were rushing him, they would have all started at Toledo. I think they just, it, there's a big difference when we see Gavin Williams and and that's a guy you're like, okay, that guy has no business in double A at all. That, that kid is rock solid. And I don't know what the Guardians could have told him to say, Let's send you back to Akron after the numbers you put up last year. Yeah, that doesn't quite equate. But you, you don't you, you want to see that kind of level of dominance before you start pushing a young guy up. And and Ty obviously yesterday looked equally as good as as Gavin Williams did a couple of nights ago. I think Williams had struck out nine and, and Ty met and tied best of that with with ten. But Wilmer's still a little bit of a work in progress. The the pure stuff is there. He was he was again poised on the mound the other day, but he just wasn't as comfortable. And it could have been opening day jitters. So I'm really looking forward to his second start to see how how he looks. But he just again solid start, nothing that really jumped out at you. And I, I I'm not terribly surprised to see him here. Speaking of kind of things we were surprised to see was Trey Cruz starting in center field and then Luciano starting in the outfield. And both mm-hmm. have never played the outfield, and yet I mean I know why. Perhaps it's because mothers and the invention of the or invention is or however you say that terminology. <laughs> the Tigers are trying to. Creative, and I understand why because you have Cole Keith there, Gage Workman. So we're with Cruz, and from all accounts, I end up looking back, and he did a pretty good job. And he's off to a good start. He's already hitting three seventy five. He's got he's three for eight to start the season. Greg, this is a guy who I know that the Tigers, in terms of he's not been on prospect radar side, but Chris noticed yesterday something seems is in terms of his hitting mechanics seem a little different. He he just overall seems more mature off the field and on the field. And you, you can't argue with what he did those first two. He only played two of the three games in Akron. He went over three the first night, but drew two big walks. So I know he had 81 walks a season ago, uh, but to, 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 drew two big walks. And then one of those was with the bases loaded. So he's showing patience at the plate. And then yesterday, I mean, the, the two doubles he had off the wall, if that's any other ballpark or just a little warmer, those are a couple of home runs. So the ball's jumping off his bat very nicely. And then opening day, I think, Rod, you may have texted me about, about Cruz because he had started in center that day. And, yeah. and the first, he saved a run in the first inning. Akron had a runner at second and, and Brian Lavastita set one to straightaway center, but left center, he was playing towards right. And his closing speed, I'm like, okay, when it came off the bat, I'm like, Akron's taking the lead in this inning. And all of a sudden, Cruz just chases it down and makes the catch. When when Gabe told me prior to the season starting, we're getting Cruz back and, and we're going to actually play him a little bit in center field, I'm like, okay, let's let's see how that goes. He goes, he's actually looked pretty good in spring training. So I guess they started him a little bit down there. And and look, the bloodlines are there. He, he's a ball player. He, he's got speed and he's got some good instincts. And his, his reads on the balls were very good. Again, short sample size, but uh, but I like what I see out there. Feliciano, well, I, I know Gabe, one of the things that Gabe was really pushing for was to have three catchers on the roster coming out of spring. And and he's got that with with Rodriguez, Crouch, and, and Feliciano. Mario, he's not fast in the outfield, but he wasn't a liability by any means. He, 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 you're going to see him at first base a little bit too, I would imagine, at some point. So he's, he's a guy that they value that can go in multiple positions. And so that's one of the big things organizationally right now is they're looking for those type of players who can be plug and play at multiple different spots. And the more spots you can play in the minor leagues and show more value to the organization, then you don't know when you're that next guy that gets up there. If you pigeonhole yourself into that one position, that's all I'm going to play. That's all I know how to do. 
you might not get that opportunity as opposed to a guy who's playing two, three, maybe four positions. Yeah. One of the things that, that I found interesting in the game yesterday, Josh Kraut was, was wearing it a little bit. He had, he was over four with four strikeouts. You have tough days. And then there was the, looked like they got crossed up and it was a pass ball and then a throwing error. It was like, oh man, like he's having a tough, and then he goes out and he gets the game winning hit. And I was like, Hey, that's, that's nice maturity or whatever you want to call it. But, but not getting down after such a rough night, I was impressed with that. Yeah, you know, we, we, he, it was funny because I, I turned to my broadcast partner and I'm like, well, this is, this is going to be interesting at bat to start the, uh, start the 11th inning. It's either going to go really well or really poorly. And, and he did not look good in his first four at bats yesterday. It was, yeah. it was, it was like, okay, this isn't good, good Josh Crouch at all at, at the plate. And he just, he seemed like he was very tentative, a lot of check swings, like unsure of himself at the plate yesterday. And then he gets in there in the 11th inning and just shoots one through the side and, and, and puts Erie back on top. Again, offensively, he's a work in progress. We, we saw that last year when he was, when he was up with Erie. Yeah, had a big home run down the stretch for the Seawolves, but just didn't look quite ready at the plate yet. So I think it's going to take some time for him. And, and there's no shame in that, but he's looked solid behind the plate in the two games he's caught. Uh, guys are comfortable throwing to him. And I know the organization's very high on him. And it's, the, the interesting thing is going to be is uh, you've got three catches on this roster right now. All are expected to play quite a bit. What is going to happen when Dylan Dingler gets back? I'm guessing you guys got a nice donation because the looks on your faces. Was yeah. Like, <laughs> so uh, wait, I got a, I got a drop for that. I actually created a drop for that. Hold on. Let me find it. Oh, all right. Yes. Thank you for the 1999 JP Jonah. Shout out yeah, to you. That's, so. that's outstanding. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, yes. Can you, put, it's, can, it's can you of, like touch them all time from one of my calls? That's when you get Oh, you know what? That's a, that's actually a really good idea. Every, well, I want to. Oh, every time you give a donation. I'll be donating. Uh, I'm going to start just like giving Venmoing like pennies so I could just tune in to you guys and touch them all time. Thanks. I'd like to like start charging us for your trademark phrase. <laughs> Buffer. Michael Buffer. One of the tough things about there were just so many walks this weekend that it was kind of like nobody really got a chance to hit a ton. I think Colt Keith had the big double on the opening night. Yeah. And, but only one other hit. Just just not a ton of hitting going on because of all the walks. So it's, it's walks yeah. here, but. Yeah, and yesterday we finished with uh, with eight hits in the game, so that that eclipsed the total of both of the first two games. It was three, three, and then eight. Uh, and you chalk up some of it to the cold, but a lot of it to the walks. Pitchers on both sides had a very hard time finding the strike zone, more so on Akron than on Erie. I don't know what they ended up walk wise with yesterday. So uh, both teams were at four yesterday, so much four, more yeah. understandable numbers there than than what we had two nights ago. But yeah, it's it's tough. You're you're dealing with cold temperatures. You're sitting there, and you're you're especially two nights ago. 35 degrees and you're sitting there seeing six, seven pitches in that bat and you're not even swinging. It's yeah, it's, it was not, not good baseball all around, but it's, it's tough to hit in that situation because you don't know when a strike is coming. If yeah, it's going to come and clearly two nights ago, it didn't come. I was just going to say, well, even with the struggle grip. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things like you mentioned earlier, you talked about Brant Herter and, and what you saw from Brant Herter last year was not what we saw in West Michigan or, or what they saw in Lakeland last year. He just wasn't, and he's not a guy with like great stuff, but in the lower levels, he was really locating well. And it seemed like he did, did that more in his debut, but it was still, he still walked a couple guys because I think it was super cold, but I think you got a better look at him. But then poor Dylan Smith comes in in his double A debut and it's just a, a nightmare. He can't seem to locate at all. And it was, I, I felt really bad for him. Dylan came in and, and before he even threw his first double A pitch, there was a pitch clock violation on him. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh boy, this is not good for a guy making his debut. Just gets into the game. We've got a lead at the time and then boom, pitch clock violation. I'm like, oh, this is not, this is not going to be pretty. Yeah. He came in and it was, it was pretty ugly for him. He walked the bases loaded and then got an out, but then gave up the, the two run single and they ended up giving up the two runs that day. Then they brought Yaya in and he struck out a pair. But yeah, that was a, that was a tough Tough outing for him. I'll be interested to see. I, I, I'm trying to think. Is he going Wednesday? Maybe. I'm not sure. It's Gibson Long tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. And then I can't remember Flores and, and Dylan are, are one of those, either Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever. Might be Wednesday. You guys might be lucky there. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. The one awesome, another guy that came, a new guy to your bullpen, Lane Henderson, who came in the minor league, rule minor league draft, Chris. I yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, came from yeah. Corpus Christi or something. Yeah, we saw yeah. him yesterday. He looked good. Where did he go? He went to two innings. Two innings. He went the about four. Came in after Lesher, so he did the sixth and the seventh. Struck out four. Gave up a single. Gave up a walk. He is a he's got violent delivery. Yeah. My goodness, he is over the top, like just straight over the top, and then his head almost looks like it's going to hit the ground on his follow through. Wow, this is that's what 
this is pretty wild to watch here. But yeah, no, he looked he looked fine yesterday. I'm, I'm, one of the knocks on him was was command issues coming into this season, and we we saw the one walk, but he, he seemed like he was commanding everything pretty well. Really good changeup. That was that was a devastating pitch for him in, in the series when he pitched those two innings. So yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him out there again. But it, 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 I think for a guy like that, like with any minor league bullpen guy, it's consistency. And if you show consistency, you're going to get elevated. If you don't, then you're going to be stuck at a level. But yeah, he's he's an interesting guy to watch because I, I didn't quite know what to expect. And we pulled up some video on him after opening day because we figured he was going to pitch one of the next two, and he did. And it's okay. There's, there's something there. I don't know if his arm's going to go flying off his shoulder and hit the batter in the head that way, but it's 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 a violent delivery, but his stuff's good. And so we'll, we'll see what what he can do. But I, I like him in that bullpen for sure. It reminds me of Tom Browning, the former Reds pitcher a little bit, where, where he kind of fallen off a little bit, almost to a certain extent when he falls off towards first base side. And then he broke, I remember the game where he broke his arm on national television. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, we don't need that. That doesn't happen to Lane. No. Yeah. <laughs> but Erie, I mean, the one thing about the Seawolves roster, and this is an example, we were just talking about this with Dan Hasty, the voice of the West Michigan Whitecaps, is that, Erie has gotten, because they, the Tigers addressed the minor leagues, several minor league signings for AAA, seems like everybody, Erie's got to look and feel to it. For example, I honestly thought Chance Kirby was going to start in Toledo because we he all did. Not, yeah. He dominated the last two months. He was a one, I think he's one of the reasons why I thought that he was able to win the division last year because of him being able to just come out and either start or out of the bullpen. He was such an effective pitcher. But in terms of the, for the, I really think this year, even with the influx of possible guys from high A, in, in some way aspects, I think, Greg, this is a team that could compete or win the division again. No, I agree. And and Gabe has said as much. He, he was very happy with this team as it broke camp. I, I think the Tigers did a good thing by going out and signing guys for Toledo. And I, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of guys, and I talked to a few of the guys in our clubhouse, like, look, they they know they probably have pitched or, or or hit well enough to be at the AAA level, and it's just simply a numbers game and a new regime. And it's 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 unfortunate for a guy like Kirby. It's unfortunate for a guy like Johnny Valente, and even an Adam Wolf who went out and was in big league camp for a little while with the Tigers this spring, who put together a, 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 from what everybody has said a pretty good spring training, and to have him back here this season. I, I think that there are two ways to approach that as a player. You can sit there and you can be the pouty pants guy in the corner and and not happy at all. Or you can use it as a little extra motivation. And the, the, the sheer reality is, and, and this is not an indictment on Tiger regime's past, but I guess it is, we're not graduating players anymore. And for a long time in the organization, it was, okay, I've got my report card from Lakeland. Now I'm going to go up to the next level. And now I pitched to you're here, here we go. You, you get an A plus, you're going up to Toledo next year. That's gone. Those days are done. And. And so now is a matter of what have you done for me lately? And, and there is an onus upon all of these guys to produce at a high level. And if you don't produce, you're going to be out. And I understand that's harsh, but that is the business side of this. And especially now with domestic roster limits, where they are currently and where they will be in the future, you, you have the draft every year in what, when, when are we drafting now? July? July. Yeah. July 17th, yeah. I think. Yeah. If you're not a guy and you become expendable very quickly now, and that wasn't the case in the past, even more so now. And so a lot of these guys who are here need to produce in order to number one, try to get to that next level. Number two, to keep a job. And, and that's, and I think that is what makes good organizations of holding guys accountable. It's not just, I did well at a year in a ball. I'm going to go up to high A. I did a year there. I'm going to go to double A. I may only put two fifty in a ball, but they're going to shoot me up anyways. And those days are done. And I think once players realize that, and I think most of them have, because, you know, when Ryan Garko has come in and last year, what happened? All four affiliates over 500. When was the last time that happened? I know you guys had talked about that. It had been decades since that had happened. There's accountability. There's accountability on the coaches and there's accountability on the players. And I think overall that helps the health of the organization. Speaking of which, the, one of the health is one of the things that we got when we were at the West Michigan Media Day was something as simple as, and Jace Young and Isaac Pacheco were both, the, it, they're very, very adamant about it. And that's a the difference in food. Food. Yeah. And so I'm not sure how that all works in each level. I know each level is a little different, but. So I, I can tell yeah. you a little bit about that, Rod. So 
in the past, the Tigers had, and it's not unique to the Tigers, a lot of organizations, the, the strength and conditioning coach would be in charge of the meals. So when the player development license stuff happened a couple of years ago, before that, there was X amount of dollars that were given to each affiliate and the clubhouse manager sourced the meal. Then the strength coaches took over the meal sourcing. I want to say probably 18 or 19, somewhere in there. And they did that up until this year. And let's face it, at the end of the day, those guys are there to train and get guys to stay on the field physically. They, they're not guys that know how to order catering. They don't know, they know nutrition, but they're not a nutritionist. They're not a dietitian. And, and so I think that was a big disconnect at all levels of the organization and at all levels of baseball, for that matter, with across the minor leagues. The Phillies were one of the big ones to start with doing all the meals in a big way. And they had spent like $2 million on minor league meals when they first started it. This was 10 years ago, but now every affiliate has a dietitian. And so Toledo's got one, we've got one West Michigan and then Lakeland, obviously down at the complex has theirs. And that's been huge. And I, I went through and I, I looked at the spread in the clubhouse the past couple of days. I'm like, all right, this is, this is an improvement. It's, it's a whole new structure of eating and every week, every player is going to have a meeting with the dietitian and talk about their meals and what they're doing. Are they feeling sluggish? Are they feeling good? You know, what, what can we tweak in your meal plan to get you to the right spot that you need to be? And so there's a big emphasis on that in the organization. And I think it's going to be great overall. And it, it, it takes the onus away from the player development side of the staffing and puts it into a professional human being who knows dieting, nutrition, and, and what they, and what these guys need in their bodies. So, like I said, it's, it was like high quality spreads from what I saw this past week in Akron. And, and that's a good thing overall. And look, I've been in the minor leagues for 20 years now. I, I can remember being in with the Mahoney Valley scrappers and, and pregame meal was peanut butter and jelly. And that's what you got. And you were lucky to get something after the game. It was concession food. They would bring down after games back in short season, a ball back in the day, even when I got to Erie and for the long time, clubhouse managers were the one source in the food. If you're a clubby and you're only making X amount of dollars and you're, you're, what are you going to be able to do with that, that little amount of money that you get for food? And so it just, the system was broken for a long time and a few teams started it. And now you're seeing more and more and more going with a, some type of nutritionist dietitian at, at, at most levels in the minor leagues. And that's, and that's a good thing because it, it's, it's sorely needed. Now what they eat off the field, that's on them. But while they're at the stadium, it's going to be darn good food. Are they going to, are they going to be eating any pepperoni balls? So they did eat some pepperoni balls on media day. Don't tell, don't tell Amanda, our dietitian that. <laughs> I, they're going to be there on, on Tuesday, Wednesday. The pepperoni What's balls? The pepperoni oh balls? yeah. They, we sell them every night. All right, I have to try them. Because I was just, I was going to ask you about that. We're selling too many shirts. There's the problem right now. We sold out of three shirts. Oh man, see, I okay. Is it is that a a thing with his in terms of food? Because I don't remember this being. Is this something that I, we just missed last year or something? Or is this a regional thing that's been around for a long time? It's been around forever in Erie. Me being the health health nut that I am these days, I don't eat stuff like that very often. I had one the other day, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just kind of a, a dish that's synonymous with Erie. They, th this company that we're working with Stang and Ellie's, they, uh, they stuffed their balls with all kinds of different things. I, I asked them, well, we went in there and we did a shoot with Seawolf. I was like, what's the wildest thing you've ever done in, in a pepperoni, like a in ball form? They've done scrambled eggs. They've done anchovies for Lent. That's a, yeah, I know. Hey, look, I'll eat raw anchovies when they're over in Europe, right out of the ocean. I'm not eating them if you're out of a can. <laughs> but yeah, they stuff them with all different kinds of things. And it's a local company. And these two guys bought it about 20 years ago and they've grown it. The, the, the company you work with, they actually had, they were selling them on QVC for a while. So really? it's, it's, a, it's, it's between that, the ox roast and the Smith's hot dogs, it, it, everything that I don't eat is what everybody loves to eat here. But yeah, we sell them at the, at the ballpark and uh, it was cool. Got, got seeing them from dough to end and going to this factory and watching these folks slinging ball. They're all handmade. So it's pretty cool, oh, wow. but it's a, it's just a regional dish here in Erie and people love them. You go to the grocery store and you see a whole, there's a whole freezer section at the giant Eagle with just all these Stanganelli's products. They do pastas, they do breads, they do all this stuff and pepperoni balls. So it's a local, a local delicacy, I guess. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Yes, that's the hat. Yeah, that's the, this, that hat has been talked about among 
some of our Discord people, they really love the new logo for this. And I more likely I'll have to be purchased. I will more likely be purchasing one this week. Add to I don't really have a lot of the food collection hats because some of them have just made no sense to me because I have no tie. I think the Syracuse one was like the scram. I don't know some weird some of the regional foods. I'm just like eh, yeah yeah. But this this right here is a good looking hat and also you know what I should pull up the picture of what they exactly look like because I have that here because now all of a sudden I wanted to see that like all right what well, am I going to be entitled and look at this oh look at that yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's if you if you can. Yeah, here here's Adam Wolf eating the pepperoni ball. <laughs> yeah, he's slamming it down. Yeah, <laughs> he will. They will. Yeah, they will. We have- yeah no, and, and thankfully we actually got so they wore the new Howling Dead jerseys on opening day. We didn't have enough hats yeah. for oh. everybody. Wow. We have That's so our, our our poor merch director. She she pulls enough hats for the team every year. And so she bases it on the hat sizes of the previous couple seasons. So she pulls the size. We had more than enough hats for the guys. Yeah, we have a team with some large heads this year. <laughs> and what's the one thing we didn't have in stock? Howling Dead large hats. Like we we sold through so many of them. And we, we had, I think we have two guys that have a size eight head in the clubhouse. I'm like, wow, that's that's a large hat. So thankfully, I knock on wood that they will be here in time so we could actually wear the correct uniform combo on on Thursday when, the, when they debut on the field here. But they are they are sharp. And uh, but again, we can't between the Howling Dead and the pepperoni balls. We literally cannot keep stuff in stock. It is wild. That's awesome. Yeah, that's we, yeah. People definitely love those logos. That's funny. I'm, I'm in my head. I'm the wheels are spinning about who who's new on the roster this year who might have. I'm thinking Diego Rincones, maybe who else might have a, a size eight head, but yeah, yeah. The, 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 we have some large guys in the clubhouse. Yeah. Look, I, I'm I'm always the shortest guy in the room. Maybe unless it's like Yaya, I can see him basically. I <laughs> Kirby's a little taller than me, but I'm otherwise I'm looking up at everybody. We have what do we have? Three pitchers who are six foot six. Yeah, yeah. large it's human beings. Wolf and and Henderson, I believe, are both six six. Flores is pretty yeah. tall too. Right? Flores six four. Bergner's like six five. Alvarado yeah. is pretty big. I don't know if he's he's there right now or if he's rehab. yeah. He's not with us yet. He's on the roster, but not here yet. Yeah, so yeah. Some just some gargantuan human beings. One of the things I wanted I wanted to play this piece of audio for you, Greg. I was wondering with now you have a new a new assistant this year. If you yeah. guys want to do something along these lines, to play it for us. From Santo. See here. To- <laughs> what they did? Yeah. Hello, friends. Beautiful Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon in Comstock Park. This is inning number seven. Still in the front nine, if you will. Eric Pinales hails from. San Cristobal. All I want to know is, they, do they have to pay royalty rights in West it's Michigan? about 30 to, kilometers uh, from Santo Domingo. The and the Dominican Republic. That. Yeah, it's... Right now, looking at a pitch from about 60 feet, 6 inches. Yeah, I had, I had not heard this yet. Wait. Wait yeah, they really let... Yeah, they let No it, idea how that went. They let this thing ride, huh? Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah, we good like two minutes, I think. Yeah. I struggled a lot in 2022 with his controls. The <laughs> minute was going for like a fine a, hit, deep to left center. Was, was he trying to be Ian Baker Finch to uh, uh, Lucas Dunn into second base? Exquisite. A one out double here in the seventh. An excellent approach to that hit. Patient, able to line it up. Deposited into left center field. Got it into the short grass out there. Aren't you happy that doesn't sound like that every single day? <laughs> Put me to sleep. <laughs> Felt like a lullaby. We were uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Oh no, I I went out there for opening day. I'm excited. This is our first Erie opening day. At least my first Erie opening. Day, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for that. We went to I went to West Michigan, and I was just chatting up with with. Dan and Nate before the game, and somebody came in and said, "Hey, we got a hot mic going on. People down there are talking about salty language." We're like, "Oh no!" I, like, I thought. They, first of all, I thought the guy was just messing with us. I thought it was like, "Oh, yeah. this is something you do to announcers." But no, apparently there was. A, it wasn't us. We found out it wasn't us. But there was some other hot mic 
going into like the suites where people are hearing a bunch of people swear. <laughs> and, oh God, it seems like an announcer nightmare. I was like, just well, yeah, that, that's always a fear. I never understood that. Just to... yeah, you, you, the mic is always hot, as I tell yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, mindfulness. And, as 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 you guys know, our director of entertainment, Jason Doherty, the other day we were testing the radio equipment, and. I don't know how Greg Coleman didn't hear this in his office. Sam and I are trying everything on. We're making sure everything works for my LBTV and Jason comes in. I want to give it a shot. He gets on the headset. He forgot to pot himself down in the entire ballpark and drops. That bottle was effing crushed. But he said the word and I'm like, I was, I'm like just watching down near the stadium club entrance to see like Greg Coleman sprint out like Hulk Hogan and rip off his shirt. <laughs> Thankfully now, now I've outed Jason on, on this. So Coleman's going to find out, but yeah, I said, Jason, don't you have that headset on again? And you are not to be in this radio booth ever. And just make sure I'm on the air. That's your, that's your only worry. Let's quickly go through what happened with Toledo. The mud hens were actually off to a really good start in terms of their offense and sharing the same traits that Erie is in the sense that, Yes, was Akron's pitching bad? Yes, it was. But 19 walks through three games. Uh, hey, that's not that's not common um, among among the affiliates at all. And, and Malloy, by the way, Malloy had a really good series. He has now hit safely in four straight, Chris, or something like that. Or he's he's definitely been on base in every game. I'm not sure if he's. I did give you guys some love on the air for that walk stat that you had given. No, um, yeah. I looked at I. I so you know what I did? I literally went through every. What was single... it? Eight, eight, eight games last year to get to eight, the eight. amount of walks in two or something yeah, like that. The correct, yeah. So I went through every single log. I went to the Erie website, went through and took every game and just wrote it down in a in a notepad and just and I showed Chris how it did the math. Yeah, the, the math. Yeah. Yeah, and no, it's but like, you yeah, remind me of Dave Littlefield now. Oh. I don't know, but is that a good thing? Uh, <laughs> take it for what it's worth. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, we, we, I would go down and, and I'd see Dave and he, he would have his little like manila folder and he would open it up and it's like post-it notes everywhere. I'm like, how does this guy keep anything straight? Yeah, but that, that your post-it notes remind me of. <laughs> yeah, but the Toledo, and this is one of the things that we noticed at Toledo right away is that well, you have Parker Meadows who did so well last year and he had a really good spring. But this is a team that the Mudhens, I think, also, just like Erie, a veteran, this is a veteran-esque team that mm-hmm. are going to really, I think, be competitive in terms of maybe even make the playoffs. But the same thing applies to where your bullpen is on this. Essentially, the bullpen is going to be back and forth between Detroit a little bit. But the starters, I don't know. Like the One thing I noticed about opening weekend with the starters is that they don't really have the find, I guess, quote-unquote, if you will, it just seems like it's going to be a unlike Erie, where Erie, I, you see these. There's going to be the start, like Madden's a starter, Dylan Smith's a starter, but it just seems like it's going to be lacking. It just seems like it's lacking right now for Toledo a little bit, and that's the guard. Yeah, I mean they have Erie definitely has the more upside in terms of the the starting pitchers there. We saw Brennan Hanafy. I Greg probably saw last year with Bowie. Yeah, uh, we might not remember much about him because he's not a script, but it was like 91, 93 with a pretty good changeup. And he was the opening day starter in Toledo. Fido has pitched Prosecco. well. My, my wife is walking by with a first glass oh. of Prosecco and I didn't get off of it. I don't, you know what? I'm forgive my you can say hi to the guys. Hi, Megan. Good Hello. to see you. Likewise. All right, she'll drink your Prosecco. She's got the day off tomorrow. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I guess so. that's one perk of Catholic higher education. They give you like 80 days around Easter that you can take off. <laughs> That's a Rick early. But uh, yeah, so Fiedo pitched today. We don't really know. We don't really know what role he's going to have going forward. He was a little bit better today than he was in his first outing. His fastball was up to 94, and his slider was really good today, where it was just average in the first. But we've seen him in the big leagues before. Reese Olsen has really struggled in his first two outings, and it's that shocks me. It's it's a little bit of what, and, and we do have to remember that he was dealing with some. I don't know exactly what it was. Shoulder soreness. Oh, elbow. elbow. It was elbow. Elbow. So was elbow or shoulder. I couldn't. I can't yeah. remember. But but yeah, it, it's kind of. He's just. He's been getting hit hard. He's not walking a ton of people. He's getting his strikeouts. He puts in the zone and they're hitting it. So it's been a rough start for him. But we know he's pretty talented. So hopefully he can turn that around. But yeah, it, it's. 
I don't know. I'm trying to, I can't even think who else has been starting for him. Yeah. Volton's up to 96, 90, 97, 98. I think he had 98 a couple times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So velocity increased there from last year from Erie. I was going to ask you, because I think he was like, what, sitting 93, 94 in Erie last year? Around there. I was going to say the velocity is starting to tick up after. You see, the thing about Reese is remember last year, he wasn't necessarily dominant out of the gate. Mm -hmm. It took him a while. And that was year two of double A for him. So it took him a while to get there. So I, I just wonder if he's got to work out the kinks of a new level. Look, the stuff is there. He's got good stuff. And, and we saw that last year when he's on, he's virtually unhittable. He'll give up a couple of home runs because, you know, he'll hang one here or there. But the talent's there and they just got to find a way to get him, I guess, more up to speed quicker when he gets these, when he makes those jumps. Because if, if, if he does what he do, has done in Toledo up into the big leagues, you're not going to be there very long. But. I think he's going to be fine, but that is that is surprising to see he has struggled to this extent. Yeah, and then I, I don't. You, you talked about the bullpen, Raj. We did see when the rosters were announced. I was like, I'm, I'm surprised Zabala is in Erie, and then he wasn't. He was like randomly showed up in Toledo. We're like, huh? I, I didn't see the move there, but he's he's got a huge arm. But we saw today he, he's it's not always in the zone. But Magno came up and had a really nice outing, didn't he, Raj? You want that? Yeah, he his first inning was ten pitches, sorry, eleven pitches, ten for strikes and one ball, and he was he showed really good command, hitting the outside edges, was able to come inside a few times, and Mango was a guy who I thought really did a really good job. Is when he got called up to Erie last year, coming in virtually, this guy came I think three, I think like Hurdler too, three levels last year, and yeah, this is a guy I, again. I I thought maybe he started the season in Erie. We did too. And, and, and for a while, that was where he was, I believe, slated to be. And then it just, the, the numbers game just kept pushing guys back and pushing guys back. Yeah. The, the, the roster I had gotten internally prior to the season, and you just knew there was going to be movement happening. And, and Zabala was a prime example. One of the reasons that he was going to be potentially slated for double A was because he's had command issues. And then from what Gabe told me, his last spring training outing pitched two innings, six up, six down, six Ks. And they were like, okay. And he's hitting 98, 99. All right. Get him up to Toledo. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. He's a guy with a little bit of experience. You, you understand that. If, if the command issues are a big problem for him in Toledo, you could totally see a guy like that coming here once again. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Bullpen, minor league bullpens are always a crapshoot. They really are. You know, Yaya gave up a, a, a wall scraper the other night. Otherwise looked great. Billy Lesher. I, I still can't quite figure out Billy. He's got some good stuff at times. And then other times you're just like, where's the guy I saw yesterday? There, there's going to be some guys breathing down the neck of bullpen guys in Toledo. And, and namely, I think Adam Wolf is probably the, the first guy I would say would be. And, and heck, on hell to Asus. Guy was in the big yeah. last year. He's in our bullpen now. That just shows you the number and the volume of guys that have been signed. Yeah, and you saw Brendan White plenty last year, and, and he's, yeah. he's so far so good in Toledo. So, yeah, that, there are yeah. some options. It's just he's going to different two months. In my, in my humble opinion, and I know nothing, this is just me, if he if he does in Toledo what he did last year in Erie, he's going to be in the big leagues before you know it. Yeah, that, That's one guy that A.J. Hinch loves, the organization loves him. He's going to get some opportunities, I think, and, and probably sooner rather than later. Yeah, he's on the 40, man, so that always helps for him. Yeah. You're yeah. like, yeah, we'll call him. He's pitching. He's on the 40. Let's do it. Yeah. I did want to take a quick look at Lakeland. Not much to uh, Lakeland's got a lot of like 19 year old arms. We we're talking about this earlier last week, but there was Winsteel Perez who's on a rehab assignment down in Lakeland. I'm not sure. Do you think Greg at some point you might see him up in Erie again? I don't know anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot uh, there, but I know know. nothing. You know nothing until I get a roster email from Daniel Crago that says this player is coming here. So we'll leave it at that. But a couple things worth mentioning too. Mangelson has been put in left field. So he was out and left. And then Jose de la Cruz, who started today, went three for three, which he needs to get off to a really good start. He's the guy who's gotten forgotten about as far as prospect status goes. And this is a guy a couple years ago was, oh yeah, this is going to be a, I don't want to say can't miss, but he was getting there. But he struggled last year. Hopefully he puts him more consistency. But the the, the the stat of the day that Chris posted on for Lakeland, what was that? Gold. and oh, that's, that's a rough stat of the day. I was, yeah, that's a rough stat of the day, which was, yeah, what was that, Chris? Go ahead. Yeah, Luke Gold and Peyton Graham went 0 for 8 with 8 strikeouts. It was not a great day for last year infield draft picks, for, at least in that level. But. There are many other things to point out down there. Yeah. Troy Melton the other day was was hitting 98 yeah. in his first inning, and he was their fourth rounder last year. 
third pick, I think. Now, I have no idea if it's an effective fastball or if it's just really hard, but uh, that was interesting to see. And then you got guys like Ulysses Campos, who had a, a pretty interesting outing, and, and Marcano. A couple of younger guys that are under the radar, but will probably be making their way through the system this year and, and then next year. So there's some fun down there. What a but great name, Ulysses, huh? Wow. Yeah, Ulysses Campos. And, and Santana's still down there. He's off to a, a relatively slow start, but it's three games. I, you, right. What can you say? And they're playing Tampa. The Yankees always have a bunch of weirdo arms that are really good for some reason. So, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but only it only takes three games for the for fans to label somebody as a as either a, the next superstar or a duck. Bring them up. Bring them up. We've already bring it up. Bring them up. Bring them up. So, Chris, celebrate. We celebrated our first. Bring them up. Was it with was it with Parker Meadows? Yeah, Parker Meadows. Yeah. Parker Meadows. Oh, Parker got well. We had it all last night on the Seawolves. Yep, with uh, with Madden, yeah. some of the responses on there. But yeah, yeah, no, like you get with Madden, we've had it with Malloy, we had it with Lipsius, we've had it with Meadows. With people bring them up, it's it's just the way it goes. But you bring up a gun, and I, this is something I do want to touch on. But I give I give Austin Meadows a lot of credit for uh, for being as open as yeah. he is with with the mental health struggles. And I was flat out appalled by some of the comments I saw on on Twitter yesterday about people. And it's you don't know what it's like. For, if you don't struggle from for, with mental health issues, you, you don't know what that's like. And for them, for anybody that calls themselves a fan, to, to be piling on that guy who has had struggles in his life. It's, so I, I give him a lot of credit. And I give the organization credit. I thought Scott Harris handled, handled it with great class. And, and that, was, that was good to see. And I, I, I do hope he gets better because this is, this is bigger than baseball. Right. Exactly. And then, so, yeah, some of the comments yesterday, and there was somebody on our Discord, we actually had a, we had a block. Because we were just, he was basically he got, this person. Yeah, got very four hour timeout. Yeah, twenty four hour timeout. But okay. yeah, but still, nevertheless, don't I don't, I don't have, I don't have patience for that whatsoever. As somebody, yeah. as somebody, myself, if, if we've experienced it firsthand. Yeah, and, right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People don't. People. It, it's it's a stigma, even in the Hispanic community too, where it's just like it's not talked about very often, as openly as it is now. And so, for him, we just hope not. Everything but the best, and hopefully everything gets yeah. better for him. So, I yeah, I mean, I, I I've been fortunate to to have never dealt with anxiety, but I depression since I was a little kid, and and like all that stuff, I can't think of if I would want to be less if I had anxiety than in a professional sports environment where, where just thousands of eyes are looking at you, and you feel like everything you do it caught Daniel Bard again recently, which is a real bummer, and you just think back to like Dontrell Willis, what what he went through, yeah. When and, and it just you just die for this. And people. I saw that firsthand when they sent him yeah. down to Erie that year. They, oh, yeah, that's right. Just just to see his his struggles was was just that was that was tough to watch because Don Troll I remember was watching him pitch in the World Series, and then yeah. to see him where he had become is, is is tough. And a lot a lot of people don't realize that all these organizations have and the Tigers do as well with the mental skills folks that can help players out. And sometimes it's it's more than they can handle. And obviously with with Austin, it's 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 an IL stint for him, probably just to work some things out. But they they have mental health assistance for all these guys, and I'm not sure who it is now in the minor league level. It used to be Brian Peterson, but he's no longer in the organization. But he would come three or four times to each affiliate and, and just be there for the guys. And so every organization has people like that, and and I I do think that they are really starting to take this very seriously because so this is a game where. Gosh, there's ups and downs and so many highs and so many lows. And it can be an emotional roller coaster from one day to the next. And to, to see that to see that these organizations are taking this seriously is is a good thing. And I think Major League Baseball as a whole is is starting to take this more seriously. Yeah. And and again, there's so much more data out there for it too. And and that helps. And, and people talk about their experiences and, and having that kind of first I say it, but the testimonials, if you will, for lack of a better word. And I think that goes a long way because it shows that there's not robots and we can root for the jersey, Correct. root for the jersey. Also, that person is there's somebody in that jersey. So, yeah, you can pay a guy. If, you know, you can make the argument you're making forty million dollars a year. How can you not be happy? How can you have this and how can you have that? You know what people do? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it, it. Yeah, you got to treat it like it, it's different, but you got to treat it just like any other injury, right? Like yeah. this yeah. is this is. Something that is making you not be able to play to your fullest ability. Now that won't stop fans will complain about injuries too. I just yeah, sure. I can look at the, the news about Jackson Joe, but but yeah. I, it, so I you went off 
again, this is just why I, I've never, you bring up injuries and until you have one, you don't know what that's like, but you always see NFL players or even baseball, you pull a groin and I'm like, how painful could a, could a groin be? And then about four years ago, I was running and I pulled my groin and that was about as unpleasant as it could be. <laughs> so I have, a, I had a new respect for anybody who ever has a pulled groin in professional sports because I couldn't even walk around the house. It was that bad. But yeah. You know, people complain about injuries all the time and it's, oh, why is it taking this guy so long to get back? And it's everybody's body healed differently. I, I can, I can give you each a paper cut on your arm right now. And I bet one of you would heal quicker than the other. It's life. And yeah, if you go, you, you let us take 15 swings in the cage on Tuesday. Yeah. We'll see how long, how long you survive before breaking something. Oh, my spleen. Yeah, I just, I, look, I, I just wish fans a lot of times would just chill out with some of these things. And, and even the pressure on these minor league guys, they don't want to go on Twitter and see, call them up, call them up, call them up every time they have a base hit. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Yeah. So speaking of bumping the brakes, if the, in terms of, if you want to donate to the super chat, by the way, if you want to, Help us again. There's a super chat feature available on the Tiger Mile side of things. For so, if you want to donate, great. If not, no big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. Give him money. We're, I think it was oh, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. We did get a question. Is it your opinion that over all the hitting development for the Detroit kids are getting better or the same? Or just, just he was just curious. This is a question from our friend Stop It. So, yeah, the overall development. What's the question? Is the overall. I think they're trying to make changes there. I think the, the jury's still out. There was a lot made of, of the hitting situation up in Detroit last year from, from a minor league hitting coach standpoint, I think they got some really good guys teaching it right now. Unfortunately, we lost John Murray in here in Erie and he's uh, now we have Francisco Contreras. So I don't know Francisco all that well yet, but I do think there's so many more resources available for these guys now from a, from a hitting side of things and just by the sheer volume of boxes that show up with every little gadget and gizmo to try and teach these guys different ways to hit. I, I've been encouraged early from an eerie side of things, obviously a couple of games that were some high strikeout numbers because of the starting pitchers, but the, the approaches at the plate have for the most part been a little better through, through a short period of time. I think, I think we saw that in eerie all last season with, with Johnny Marion here. And, and why am I blanking on Toledo's hitting coach? He was in eerie. Mel Hughes. Is he still the hands or is he up? Yeah. Oh, uh, Wait, or is I he up in the big leagues now? I think he's up okay. in the big leagues. I think Mike Hessman. Okay. Yeah, Mike Hessman's. Hessman's back down. Yeah. 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 We had Hess here before. So he, he's great with the young guys. And the, 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 the philosophy is going to be the strikeouts have got to go. And we need the ball put in play. And I, I think you're going to see, and we're already starting to see that now with, with how these rosters are made up in the minor leagues and, and who's going to be getting the playing time and who isn't. You, if you're going to be a guy that strikes out three, four, five times a night, you're not going to see the field as much. And so I think that's, there's an onus on that as well. But I do think the overall philosophy is, is, is starting to change. We're not there yet in the minor leagues, but you can absolutely see a difference. And it's even, it's even down to like how we're using pitching machines a lot more during batting practice now to simulate different pitches. It's, it's, it's getting better. I was just going to say that that seems like something that's a development. And so one of, so Tuesday is opening night in Erie. Yes, and, sir. Yeah. So this is, we got the, the, the first two promotions. So if you get there on Tuesday, you get a magnet first, a thousand fans get it. And the second day is Howl at noon. If you had a chance to do the stadium club buffet, 30 bucks, Greg, talk again, I'm just talking, promote this yeah. as much as you can. Cause this is, this is a good deal. No, absolutely. The stadium club is 30 bucks for all you can eat hot dogs and sausages and, and Pepsi drinks. So that's, that's a good one there. Two buck Thursday. You talk about a night. I, I don't know how, I don't know how, I hope we're prepared for this staffing wise, because <laughs> it's going to be 70 degrees and probably our first 70 degree day of the year. And it's $2 beers. So <laughs> we might get crushed, but that's also the debut of the Howling Dead. And of course I didn't have any Howling Dead stuff to show off, but it's, that's the debut there. Schedule posters on Friday, not a ton promotionally going on the first week, because generally speaking, you don't put a whole lot because you're usually at 40 degree temps, but Jackie Robinson day on Saturday, we've partnered with hundred black men of the area. Is that who we got on there? Yeah. Yes, that's who it is. So we're, we're partnering with them on, on that. It's a rally tell giveaway. And then Sunday is just our normal. Sunday routine of family fun day and catch on the field. But yeah, Thursday opening night and Thursday night, we're going to get crushed. So hope to see a lot of people out there. And, and we always say to those who are tiger fans in either Michigan or, or Toledo, we're not that far away. It's worth the, it's worth it to come out and, and check out the ballpark here in area and see a lot of really good talent. 
But yeah, that's the Howling Dead stuff there. Yeah. Very cool. So very cool. The, the Again, the script is, I think, my favorite part of the, about the jersey. So we'll be out yeah. there Tuesday and Wednesday. If you are in the Erie area, want to come by and say hello. We'll be doing our thing, running around. I got a, we got a radar gun this year now. Cause things, oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. we got, and, and, and you know what? It's got spin rate on it. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. we, have, we have somebody that definitely helped us out with get that. Cool. Yeah. So, Greg, thanks again for taking the time this evening. Absolutely. Wife, Good to see you guys hello. on the screens and yeah. we'll see you in person in a couple of days here. All right. Okay. Thanks, man. Have thanks. a great night. All right. Safe thanks. travels and people donate to these two. Thank Give you. them money. They do a lot of work. <laughs> All right, thanks, Greg. We'll see you, man. All right, see you guys. See ya. All right, so that is the voice of the Erie Sea Wolves. Greg got here with us and him taking the time to talk to us. So we're going to be going over to the Tigers Metrics or Motor City Metrics podcast here in a second. So if you want to join us over there, John and Uper have gotten things going. Well, we can just want to just a quick run through West Michigan. Yes, let's do, wait, just, let's do a quick run through. Yes, it's it's such a, a like a, a thrill to have Greg on here, and we, I just want to talk about Erie the whole time, but we did want to. Yeah. Touch on. We saw West Michigan started three and zero. Yes, you played that Dan Hasty clip, which was really uh, basically went viral of him doing a baseball game like a like a golf game. But uh, yeah, we were out there for opening day, which was a very cold day, and it was a one nothing game. But the 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 Whitecaps ran into a really good pitcher from the Padres. What's his name? It's it's Iriarte. What's his Hiro Iriarte? He's like a top ten prospect in the Padres system, and he was he came out throwing ninety four to ninety six. With an above average slider and a plus change, it's like, come on, this is not fair. He he struck out Soretti and Young on seven pitches. Just yeah, that was impressive. And then what also stood out to me was Eliezer Afonso has been around West Michigan for seemingly four or five years now, and he's a guy who who couldn't stay healthy last year, but he barreled up Iriarte and, and hit a deep double. So, so that that's noteworthy because this is a, a big league arm. Like the command isn't big league yet, but, but yeah. And then yeah, Ben Malgeri took him deep, which was. Like wow, that's that's interesting because Ben. I don't think Ben Malgeri hit more than a handful of home runs last year, and uh, then he homered in his second game, and it was a bomb. So, so this is very interesting because Malgeri is a legit center fielder. He can play all three positions, but he's he's good enough to play center field, and he's got speed. And uh, I don't know about the hit tool overall. He he struggles with some sliders, but if he's going to hit for power, you, you might have yourself a future fourth outfielder. So that was a cool development to see. And then other than that, Young really struggled the first night. Came back with a couple hits game two which was nice to see pacheco stood out mostly for his defense i think you you we saw that in, in i think just about every game he made an impressive defensive play now, he's not scott Rowland, but he looks like he can be a big league third baseman which was something that i was very skeptical about beginning when they drafted him because he's he's so big but yeah he, he's really got good footwork and he was he was ranging and he was spinning and his throws are accurate and, and on the money so that's that's development there and i'm trying to think the pitching was a little bit so i saw wilk l hernandez right who, who's been around for a while and we've heard him up to the mid 90s before but he was sitting 91 93 in that game with with not much in terms of his secondary pitches but four scoreless innings so i can't can't complain too much and then same with carlos pena the lefty who, who's under the radar guy that, that you've highlighted before he was four scoreless innings that's a good yeah, stat right th there thank you sir yeah so yes yeah, so that's a good pull there thank you Four homers from Algeria, 373 at-bats last year. Two in his first, what, five at-bats this year? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's an impressive. It could be just one of those things, but could be something to keep an eye on. Maybe he's pulling a Parker Meadows this year. But then we got Keter Montero in game three, who he actually gave up a run, but he was the one. Who, he's got the most impressive stuff out of those first three starters. So it was nice to see him pitch again. But, yeah, their offense, it's it's Danny Ceretti's back there. He had a double and a triple, I think, in game two. So that was nice to see. And you got Campos. Roberto Campos, really, I think he, I don't know if he's younger. He might be a month younger than Pacheco or a month older. They're both pretty close in age. And he he hasn't hit anything hard yet, but he was showing a pretty advanced approach. He was hitting the ball the opposite way. He got his first hit between first base and second base, which I don't think it was a, like, he was on a fastball. So he was trying to hit it that way, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's early, but they look pretty good so far. There's There's a lot of older players on the team, but they are... Older, good players. The good minor Garcia, yeah. Got, but Garcia was yeah. in double A last year, yeah. You got you know, Chris Myers looks solid out there. You've got I'm trying to think who else is in the outfield, but Zach um, Hess is on a rehab assignment, so he'll probably yeah. be in Erie soon. Yeah, Zach Hess it was nice to see him back yeah. after missing all of last year. I barely recognize him with that golden block yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's growing out his hair. Tyler Madison was their fourth round pick, I want to say two years ago. 
he's closed out two of the first three games, and and it still looks like a future big league reliever. It's it's a really unusual arm angle with a lot of movement and a lot of vertical carry and stuff like that. So there's some some fun stuff to talk about in West Michigan, and they're off to a good start. So that's nice to see. Yeah, their bullpen, their bullpen is a kind of a veteran. This is a veteran team coming into this, and so here's a guy that there was a couple names we saw last year towards the end. Blake was comes to mind. He pitched a scoreless inning, or he pitched two scoreless innings. Or, I'm sorry, two innings, two strikeouts so far. And so I don't. I'm like, like looking forward to getting some more some of the arms out there and taking a look at what they have because they do have, especially Jack Anderson. Another arm that we put under that a name that you should begin to know. Yeah, I it, I think for West Michigan, it's not as clear cut as starters per se. Mm-hmm. Then it's I think it's almost similar to Toledo in the sense they're just going to be a lot of bullpen arms trying to get some work. Yeah, and they they brought I think they've used Garrett Burhan. I don't know if Jordan Marks was with pitching with them or if he was in Lakeland. I, I forgot, but Marks I I want to say he was in Lakeland. He may have been, yeah, because he yeah. was another guy that was, was, I think he's on the West Michigan IL, so he may be rehabbing. But yeah, and, and anybody in the area, the Whitecaps are going to be in Lansing all this week. We're we're not going to be able to be there because we're going to be in Erie on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I'm going to try to get out there maybe Friday, Saturday, or yeah, Sunday. I was thinking about the same thing. I think the Tigers on the road still till... Um, we have a wonderful yeah, event. They're, they're up at... They're, they're in at Toronto. Colorado. So they're off to Toronto Tuesday... Wednesday, Thursday, uh, they're back home Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, so maybe a Thursday. I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a lot of travel for for three days, but we like this. So, yeah, we, we definitely dig it. So again, if you want to donate, there's a super chat button right there. You can do that, or go to our Patreon.com forward slash Tiger Miley Report. We've been putting some content out there. We'll continue to do so. I'll do a better job of Patreon this year. I promise. Last year, I know we had some people drop off saying I lack of content when it occurred to me that I could have just put this on there. Scouting reports are there. Some of the live look stuff is there as well. So if you want to continue, we're going to be talking about the Tigers here over at Motor City Metrics. So if you want to join us over there, we appreciate it. And this podcast will be a weekly Sunday night podcast. So we'll be doing weekly podcasts with this going forward with the Tiger Miley Report. So if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes, Find us Tiger Valley Report podcast and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for checking us out live this evening. We appreciate it. Again, thanks to Greg for joining us. It was huge of him to come on the pod. We'll be out there Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you have any special requests for us or any kind of special notes you want us to take a look at any certain players, just let us know. We'll definitely do that. I'll be also bring on my camera. So I'm trying to bust out as many pictures as I can. And good to know that they're going to be Holland jerseys going to be out Thursday. I'm not going to be able to see those, but yeah, but. Either way, a lot of good stuff going on, and we appreciate you taking the time this evening to join us, and we'll talk to you again later. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks, everybody.